Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes hello there i'm colleen i'm anders and i'm daniel we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories so of course we love star wars and if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of it's nerds talking about star wars so each episode we journey to a galaxy far far away to discuss what's new in the star wars canon and beyond with yet another star wars podcast from the endless sand dudes of tatooine to the highest levels of coruscant we cover it all yet another star wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is proudly part of the forgotten entertainment family hi i'm shamar griffith codename comic shams and i'm andrew tahada codename arate i'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tahada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was when the official lithograph for Lady Octopus was released in stores. What a lithograph is? That's your vocabulary word for this week, guys. I just know Lady Octopus. Is that the, the the like the screen image that they use in the old school animation? I sure, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I'd like to thank The Simpsons for either um, making me giving me the knowledge to say that, or basically just getting that completely wrong. Either way, <laughs> there was an octopus lady in 1996. That's what that's the goal here. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Here I am focusing on the wrong point. I don't I don't read the instructions. Uh, <laughs> but we are talking about an octopus lady. I'm assuming because our first episode deals with someone who looks like an octopus lady, but he's a dude. And also our second episode also deals with the aquatic nature that octopi live in. Exactly. It's a two for one special today. Oh, snap. <laughs> That is right, because today we are talking about Static Shock Season 4, Episodes 10 and 11. We have our first episode called Linked, and then followed up with our next episode, Wet and Wild. Uh, This sounds like the name you should probably warn parents to not let their kids listen to this one. (laughs) Isn't that also a theme park? I I could have sworn Wet and Wild was a theme park at some point. (laughs) Sure, actually, let's go with that. Wet and Wild was a theme park at some point. but because of the fact that we are talking about one particular character in wet and wild will be aqua maria 
and the fact that linked had a crazy level of exposition for one episode in my opinion we're gonna call this week's episode deep dive yes ah yes the puns there are a lot of puns this week so this is appropriate (laughs) Yes, and this week we have our main cast, Static. They are all backs, plus special guest stars. At one point, this man was the boss of Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler in Batman Forever. That's the Batman without the bat nipples. Uh, he is also Alan Tyler in The Page Master, as we have Ed Beagley Jr. voicing Dr. Donald Todd today in our Wet and Wild episode. Classic man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your work. <laughs> Next, Bumper Robinson confirms that his chain does indeed hang low as he returns this time as Chain Link in our Linked episode. Next, we have the late, great Michael Clark Duncan as he's voicing Rashid, the Rocket Randall. Respect to him. Respect to him. He's such a force in just comic book stuff in general. Next, we have Yeni Alvarez. She's taking over as Aquamaria today in our Wet and Wild episode from our, her last appearance back in about uh, season two. Uh, I'm not entirely too sure. This might be a guess here because we couldn't find a confirmation, but Marshall Jones is credited as the voice of Dulé Jones in our linked episode. But after doing some digging, I found that that Marshall Jones might actually be John Marshall Jones. Uh He is the voice that you hear in the Pizza Hut commercials, but more importantly, the father from Smart Guy. Ah, you see, he wanted to, you know, hide his identity. He wanted to separate these two parts of his career. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. He that's a that's a method actor right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that, Jerry Little. <laughs> oh God, Morbius. <laughs> I'm sorry, I brought up Morbius. <laughs> Finally, we have a really big name actress today, as we have Cree Summer. She voices Candide in our Wet and Wild episodes. However, her character, I feel, was so unnecessary to the plot, but I do appreciate every single time I hear Cree Summer's voice. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to... You know, we'll save it, because yeah, right yeah, now we're... we got to talk about Linked, our first episode today, as um, we open up to... Uh, full-on battle between static and gear and this octopus kind of dude and i don't know if you noticed it but i kind of picked up on it but there was a similar sound at the very beginning of the episode as dr octopus came out and Mm. it sounded like they were in wakanda for a hot second maybe maybe that's where he got it maybe his uh (laughs) Maybe that fence was made out of vibranium. You know? <laughs> it, it makes sense when you when we talk about the rest of the episode, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, normally I would say make a joke like he's the bootleg Doc Ock, but he uses his like eight metal limbs so well that mm-hmm. I'm gonna put respect on his name. I'm gonna actually call him chain link for once. I'm gonna respect the oh. name for once. Cause not only can he manipulate these eight arms, but he can also absorb metal and use it to grow stronger, which seems ridiculously OP. <laughs> like, like, how do you stop that? <laughs> I think he also absorbed energy too. Like, there was definitely many times where he touched like a light bolt or something like that. And either way, he really truly is OP. And he shows that he is because he quickly takes out static gear. 
he throws them against billboards, against walls. And unfortunately for Static and Gear, he does escape. Chainlink does escape with all the money that he's taken from his armored truck. As Static and Gear get back up, they're thinking maybe we should chase after this guy, but apparently they have better things to do than chase down the criminal who just stole from an armored truck and maybe caused harm. You know, they probably said they got insurance, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at least they were transporting the money above ground this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, Richie and Virgil are busy because they have to go to this big football event that is probably in the same arena that Victor played high school football in because it's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And yeah, apparently Virgil has a yet another VIP sports invite because he just always gets these somehow. And it's revealed that's because of two reasons. One, Robert used to be Robert Hawkins used to be a football player known as the streak, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to Iris about stealing that name. Uh, Iris West <laughs> Allen. Um, and also Sharon has previously counseled a football player named Dulé. But the way they talk, it seemed like she was doing a little more than counseling. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, <laughs> Dulé Jones. I, I had to I had to put I had to write down his name in case we had to talk to a bad man about this because I, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But we are at this charity event happening. They're grabbing some dinner. The uh, Everybody's dressed up in their finest threads and the tuxedos and cocktail dresses and whatnot. And Rocket, Rashid, he um, he introduces Dulé Jones as this year's number one draft pick. And this is when we get a chance to find out that, you know, Robert Hawkins played football and uh, Dulé was also one somebody else getting canc- counseled. And then Dulé starts really kind of putting on heavy with Sharon and he offers to give her a ride in his Humvee and Virgil and Richie immediately kind of interjecting themselves and just say that we also want to get into the car so as they're driving around they're complimenting over the fact that this thing has more acronyms than like anything and any like CIA FBI like any of the alphabet boys you could ever think of and I'm, and I'm telling you, sorry, I just got to say, living in our current gas prices now, looking <laughs> at that that vehicle, that monster they were in, that mileage is scary. I know Dulé got money because, damn, that thing was huge. <laughs> Word. It was like one of those Hummer stretch limos that yes. you only see like once in a while now. <laughs> that thing was a tank. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, it didn't protect them very much as Chainlink appears and he starts attacking them, specifically Dulé. And Virgil and Richie, they take this as an opportunity when they're all out of the car to run off to change into their suits. But um, it seems like Chainlink is just more concerned with trying to take out Dulé. So Static and Gear arrive and they're fighting against Chainlink. They're able to just take like at least distracting for two or three seconds. Unfortunately, once again, Chainlink is so OP that he takes them and throws them into the side of the cliff as Dulé gets back into his car and drives off, leaving Sharon behind. Yeah, he's uh, he's not the best. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, you know who wouldn't do that? Rubber Band Man. Oh, no. <laughs> he'd stay there and fight. He'd, he'd get... 
he would take out all eight arms. But <laughs> since he's not around, Dule runs away. And instead of, you know, going to the police, mm-hmm. he decides my home security system will be the determining factor here. And it stops um, it stops Chain Link for all of two seconds because Chain Link snucks up the metal of the fence, breaks into the house, destroys the biggest stereo set I have ever seen in my life. And as Chain Link approaches Dule, it's revealed Dule also has eight metallic arms. Yep. This is a shocker because... I was not expecting this to happen. And it shows now that, like, based off of Chainlink's conversations, it seems like the two of them really know each other. So the two of them start fighting. Dule does not win. So Chainlink now tells him that, you know, if he wants to make sure that his secret isn't revealed and that he loses all of his endorsements, his his football check, his spot on the team and everything like that, that he has to cut him 90% of whatever he brings in. Bro, that is a steep cut. You got to renegotiate that. Get him down <laughs> to like 60 at least. <laughs> no, nah, he, he, I don't think he could go past 70. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because chain, chain link don't play. Counter offer. Come on. But... <laughs> Invest in some lawyers, man. Yeah. But Dule does not, uh, he, he accepts the deal. He doesn't negotiate. And he pulls back around and just follows up with Sharon. And when he and Sharon go out for breakfast alone this time, Virgil and Richie are not invited. Um, but they watch from a distance. As Richie points out, they stalk Sharon. Um, <laughs> they... Sharon starts to put together, there's a deeper connection. There's something else going on here. There, there must be some reason why Dulé chose to run and talk to the person, talk to Chainlink privately. But after Dulé gets a call, he decides to leave abruptly. My man's the waiter was there with the check immediately. <laughs> Like he, <laughs> he didn't waste a damn second. Like you psychic, bro. You got some meta powers we don't know about. <laughs> but in any case, the breakfast is over because Dulé has to meet Chainlink up in Ace Chemicals. That has to be Ace. It Chemicals has to. I'm so glad you said <laughs> it because I was just like, why does this place look exactly like Ace Chemicals? If not, it's the same place where Toy Man had kidnapped Daisy. I also don't know why this place is still a commission. So anyway, as they are talking, Dulé and Chainlink, uh, this is when Static and Gear, they have followed him and they start overhearing the conversation. They realize that Dulé also has these mechanical arms, just like Chainlink. And much to their shock, they're thinking, wow, I can't believe that Dulé is a, a bang baby. So they decide to jump into the fight because they figured that you know, they just want to protect Dulé at this point. And it's clear now that Dulé, again, is just trying to murk Chainlink at this oh, point. Yes. Because you see, as the two of them are talking, Dulé starts sending one of his mechanical arms towards Chainlink so that he can carry him over to the vat of acid next to them and drop him in there so that he doesn't have to pay his 90%. At that moment, though, 
Chainlink does realize what's going on. So the two of them starts fighting. And now Static and Gear also jump in along with Sharon, who decided to follow Dulé and sees now that Dulé is a bang baby and that he is doing something that she's been working as a counselor to get him to stop from doing. Yeah, and I, I have to give kudos. You know, I didn't know how these fight scenes will play out, but they are very creative on how they use their arms like to tear away walkways, to knock over vats of Joker acid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very fun to see them go back and forth. And in the middle of this fray, Sharon almost falls into the acid and becomes the next Harley Quinn. But luckily, Static is there, saves his sister, and acid melts the floor in the middle I don't know how this worked. How that? Yeah, acid... this was confusing. <laughs> At one point, they knock over a vat of acid, and it seems to be headed towards chain link, but somehow the acid only melts the floor around chain link and not chain link himself. Was this him using his powers somehow? Nope. This was the all-powerful skill of the plot needed to be longer. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it was, it was weird. But the end result is he falls into the water and is washed away. And now Sharon once gets in his face. And I, two, two funny things I know I'm not supposed to be laughing at, but I couldn't help in a row. One was when Dulé was like, you thought I wasn't gangbanging anymore. Like, <laughs> that line. Come on now. And then when we flash back to the yep. Big Bang, my boy, too bad. Too bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I need his origins. <laughs> yeah, well, I need to know if he made it. And like how I need at least three movies and like a sequel series all about two bats, man. Because to see him legit waving them around, I was like, he has some skill. There is a backstory there. Yes, handling two bats. I guarantee you it's going to be better than Morbius. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But in this flashback, uh, we see as two bats runs away, he, we also see that Dulé and Troy, who is Chainlink's real name, the two of them are also trying to escape the bang baby gas and they start climbing over a fence. Unfortunately for them, though, Troy gets most of the gas and he's unable to climb himself over the gate while Dulé reaches out to bring him back over. But because of the fact that he was close enough to the gas, he also passes out as we see kind of like what we mentioned in our tarmac episode that the gate starts to form around them. And because Troy was in the gas for so long, the metal of the gate actually connected to his body to a point where he can't hide it the same way that Dulé can. Yeah, and this this drove the wedge between them, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, Dulé is able to hide his arms and cheat at football mm-hmm. um, every day, but <laughs> Chainlink has to live with this truth. And I did like Sharon's line here where you know, Dulé justifies it by saying, you know, I couldn't give up my life as a football player. I, I was trying to change things. I wasn't trying to be at the docks anymore. And she tells him, I didn't want you to make good. I wanted you to be good. Mm-hmm. 
very good. You know, Sharon always dispenses that wisdom. And, you know, it really makes Dulé pause and think about his actions. Um, and next next scene, we go into the game and he's not playing. Um, and Virgil, Richie, Sharon and Robert are enjoying literally on the field seats. Like, yeah, what is going on? <laughs> they might as well have suited up because they were that close on the field. So as they're watching the game, they are wondering what's going on. We see that Rashid the Rocket is, um, you know, just performing beautifully today, making those like Hail Mary passes and everything. And then at, I'm assuming what has to be halftime, Dulé comes out onto the field. He's at the 50-yard line, and then he's about to reveal the secret. But before he does, we see that chain link is up in the rafters. He is broken into the stadium he is looking down from above and then he just basically flings himself full speed at Dulé, prepping that superman punch from above and this is fortunately when Dulé reveals his arms he's able to catch the blow much to the shock of everybody in the stadium and now static and gear given the fact that the pandemonium is causing them enough time to run away to suit up they finally spring into action and their teamwork again is just spectacular as always. Like I'm really glad that in this fourth season, we get a chance to see the two of them have really combined their efforts as we see them playing around. They're making all these like great football puns. Um, you know, it's, it's cheesy, but the puns are just like, you, you gotta have that quip and it's amazing because it does work out. Unfortunately, though, Chainlink still seems to be a bit too strong, even when they drop, like, basically all the metal on him. And this is when they show that it finally clicks for our heroes that he can absorb metal. And this is just enough of a power boost to take out Static and Gear, leaving the only heroes left to help take down Chainlink. And that is the football players who are on the field. Yes. After witnessing Virgil's shocking scene of destruction for this week, they could bear it no longer. They had to get out there. You know, screw the hoop squad. The football team is where it's <laughs> because they they charge at um they charge at Chainlink. And these animators, man, if you my I gotta give credit to my roommate Dina for pointing this out. But if you look at when the football team rushes forward to attack Chainlink, one of them is actually runs into the stands. Like he turn runs the he other did. way <laughs> and escapes because he's like, nah, bro. I ain't <laughs> Such a light, little fun detail. And the football team rushes in the action to see what they can do, throwing footballs while clearly this is all happening to a bootleg version of the NFL theme. Y'all ain't slick. Y'all ain't slick. I know that was the NFL theme. Y'all did not pay for that. Y'all just made it different enough to get away with it. Y'all ain't slick. Y'all sold the Star Wars theme two episodes ago. Like, come on now. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to get into any legal issues. We have two episodes left. What are they going to do? Fire us? <laughs> and... They the fighting continues. They have dropped everything on top of Chainlink, including our, as we mentioned, our shock and scene destruction. I'm pretty sure it's one of the TV screens, the giant ass projector TV screens 
on Chainlink. And just when they think that they finally got him down, Chainlink busts out through all the wreckage and grabs Static's foot. But then Dule runs through with an amazing right side tackle to finally put down Chainlink as he ties up his arms. And now the crowd is cheering. And this time around, Dule is finally proud because he finally got cheers without cheating. I, I'm not even going to say any quarterback names because I don't want to get people mad at me uh, <laughs> where that would apply to. So I'll leave that joke on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I won't be a bad patriot. Oops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after Dulé is immediately kicked out of the NFL, um <laughs> yeah i've re- like the whole season's gonna be scrubbed right like the whole team record is gonna be messed up right like i would assume so but at the same time i don't know how many games they've played actually you know what i do know because if this was an all-star game then this would have been technically their version of the pro bowl which would have been one week before the Super Bowl, which is the whole season. <laughs> Imagine if they were in the finals. <laughs> well, we could assume if they're playing a charity game, they weren't in the finals. No, that's true. <laughs> the NFL commissioner is going to have a field day with this. Um, <laughs> it's like, there's going to be a new test now. I need everybody to check and see if you have metal, metal limbs. And uh, because one thing I realized He's probably using the metal limbs as springs because they do comment at one point in the episode. It's like he moves so fast as if as if he has springs on his feet. Right. Right. <laughs> they would they would never be able to tell like what he does, you know, mm-hmm. in the games. So, you know, you do have a like a moment where he acknowledges, yeah, life is gonna be different for him. He's gonna lose his gas mile. He better sell that car real quick. Like <laughs> Sell that, sell that car, that house, get all the money endorsements you can. And they uh, end the episode with Rashid, the Rocket Randall, playing football with Virgil and Richie, because that was their arc this episode, playing football with the Rocket. <laughs> so now that they've been passing the ball back and forth, we're going to pass on this episode. So let's now start off with Wet and Wilds, where we open up to... Francis and an aquatic woman um, who we know is our favorite name, Bang Baby, Aqua Maria, as they're waiting for the album signing for new artists, uh, at least I hope she's new, uh, Candide. Yeah, and yeah, it looks like Francis did pretty well for himself. I think that jet he stole from mm-hmm. Alva helped him bag Aqua Maria. I um, was thinking the same thing too. Cause yeah. it's like, unless also I was wondering, did he sell it? Is that why he, but then probably not. Cause he's still trying to steal from money. <laughs> right. You know, covert operations. Also, you probably ran out of fuel like the first day. Maybe that was the thing. Alva was like, it'll get him to the mainland, <laughs> but he'll immediately run out of fuel. Him and Dulé are fighting over the gas tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps trying to steal fuel, but he keeps blowing it up. Yeah. I, I think this is what happened off screen. So, yeah, they're about to they want to steal some money from this Candide gig, which Daisy and Virgil happen to be at, you know, again. And looks like Virgil's, you know, he's trying to get in there, too. Like, you know, Virgil, mm-hmm. I respected the B2K going to her with the music store. Right. You're getting there. You're getting there. And we get two very odd things happening at once here. First, um, Daisy mentions that she's about to do the swim meet and Richie. Richie is like 20 girls in swimsuits. Count me in. So yeah. 
I'm like, okay, this is one of gonna be one of those Richie Asshole episodes. <laughs> um so you have that, and then you also have the return of record executive Bernie Rast. Yeah, I love this scene because it was on site. It, as soon as Virgil, Richie, and Daisy saw Bernie Rast, they immediately start trash talking him. They're like, he's a terrible producer, terrible record executive. He's a sleazeball. All to Candide, who is just sitting there having to realize that she cut a bad deal because she's working with Bernie Rast. And honestly, Bernie's trying to defend himself because his, uh, you know, his good name is being besmirched. But they, it's not enough time for him to truly react because at that moment, Aquamaria and Francis have jumped in on the scene. They are causing a bunch of destruction as Francis is throwing fireballs around. Aquamaria is commanding for everybody to give her the money and everything. And my favorite part about this is that Candide has no idea what's happening. She goes to talk to Bernie Rass and is like, is this the kind of thing that happens constantly? And when he says yes, she kind of makes it seem like she's going to spring into action. And I was waiting for it. But all we saw was Static and Gear just take on uh, Aquamaria and Francis while Daisy's just left confused. Yeah, I thought it was very odd because I thought... I thought that's what it was leading to, like the mm-hmm. reveal she was a metahuman and like she was going to dive into the battle. Right. Like maybe she was like shebang too or something like that. Exactly. Something like that. But no, this is the last time we see her this entire episode, <laughs> which is like you went through a lot of trouble to get Cree Summer just for that. Interesting choice. Um, but while they are hiding away and having their voice talents wasted um aquamaria is getting all the money wet and (laughs) francis tries to dry it off but this is where static flies in he dries off the money with his electricity and they get into this nice nice battle in the record shop and richie in the middle of the battle throws um an ice grenade at aquamaria and he goes you'll thaw out but the way he says it i don't know if he's sure (laughs) <laughs> i think richie's like may have killed her oops I... oh, well this is my asshole episode <laughs> i need them to stop attacking aquamaria like this because the last time that we saw her static shocked her to the point where her her molecules broke down because again i think what was it It was electrolysis and madu basically atomized her like and now Richie's just freezing on site. Like this is, uh, we need to see. We have need to have a code of ethics on this team established when when it comes to Aquamaria. But because she is now basically an icicle, uh, Francis does escape. He escapes with all the money that he was able to get. And Static and Gear bring Aquamaria into custody. But now we see that she's actually taken to a lab where we're introduced to Dr. Todd, who reveals that he and his team are working on a technique to resequence the mitochondria of the Bang Babies, reverting them back to their pre-Big Bang state. Yeah, and this is a pretty big development to introduce late in the series. You know, like... like, This is something we've been trying to develop for so long. Um... And now they finally got this cure, possible cure for Meta's. 
And at first I thought they were just going to subject Aqua Maria to the procedure regardless. Um, but they ask consent. They actually do want her to go along with this. And, you know, she asks, Aqua Maria asked a, a valid question. Why should they trust them? What ultimately convinces her is that, you know, they remind her, look, you could be with your family again. You could go out in the world and not have to worry and be a criminal because she really hasn't committed that many crimes in relation to her peers. So, <laughs> um, you know, she, she says, you know what, I'll tr give this a shot. So she decides to publicly, it's public news that Aquamaria is going to be the first test subject. And Robert, um, back at home, Robert is watching a story. And, you know, in a nice moment, he wants Virgil to sit down with him, too. Yeah, that empty nest syndrome is kicking in hard in these, uh, these last episodes here because he comments that Sharon is at school. And as they're listening to the report, um, I do want to point out, it does seem like Virgil does seem a little upset about it. Like, I don't know if maybe it might've just been like, maybe he's just contemplating the, the fact that it led, how everything led to this moment. Or if he was a little upset about the, um, about the fact that the cure was being made in this particular way, but we don't get a lot of time to kind of like dive into that because at a nearby diner, we see that Francis is for some reason wearing a trench coat and a hat um, to hide his identity which is ironic because I feel like he's never tried to hide his identity before, but he's drinking a cup of coffee as he's listening to the same report and realizes that Aqua Maria, he's about to lose Aqua Maria. Like there's definitely something going on between the two of them and his frustration and anger leads into him setting the diner on fire for a small bit before he heads over to the lab where he starts seeing that Aqua Maria is being prep for the entire process to bring back her natural form yeah and this um this upsets him and it's so strange because a couple of episodes back you know francis had this whole thing where he's against doctors mm -hmm. and and procedures so i think the implication here is that he didn't want this to happen because of his own reservations and own mistrust of doctors mm. that's never explored in right. this episode never said and he gives a completely different reason later but at first i thought that's what they were trying to do with it i'm gonna just keep that as my own headcanon because i think that's a better <laughs> motivation for what he does next which is he fries a wire a crucial wire and during the process, Aquamaria completely destabilizes and goes down the drain. Um, and fortunately, she's able to kind of keep herself together. Um, and she, but she's unable to separate from the water completely. So when Francis finds her in a fountain, she can't get back to even the previous some semi-solid form she had. And all she wants to do is get the scientists together and do the experiment again. And Gear and Static, they arrive at the scene of the hospital to see everything that's going on. And they quickly deduce that Francis might have been responsible. So they decide to just wait a bit to see if maybe they can 
figure out where they could have gone because at the moment, Aquamaria hasn't shown up. But now we see by the next morning, it seems like she is just on the rampage as we see first that one of the doctors, he's watering his plants at home and then Aquamaria starts messing around with the water supply and uses it to attack him and then kidnap him. Then somehow, again, back at the lab, Francis drops in and he he helps to kidnap another doctor that Aquamaria takes down into the drain that was near them. Again, I have no idea why this drain was so huge that she was able to carry a full connected human being down it. Yeah, I don't know. The nu- Maybe it's because of all the nuclear plants that they have. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so they've been just burning through everything. <laughs> and then it's definitely causing a strain on how Francis likes to operate because, you know, as we've seen throughout the show, he doesn't like to be ordered around. But now we're at the at the swim meet at Dakota High. Virgil and Richie are watching as uh, Daisy is competing. And for some reason, Richie brought binoculars. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, in these asshole Richie episodes, you just got to roll with whatever he's doing because <laughs> he just needs to, he's just there to push the plot along in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so he, as the binoculars zoom in on Daisy, it's weird, it's really, really weird, man. <laughs> Daisy and another <laughs> swim meet person. Um, it's revealed that the lead doctor from before, the friend Daisy's talking to is her father um and aquamaria comes into the the swim meet of course she's all powerful because there's an entire pool of water to work with looks like an olympic sized pool too <laughs> yeah i mean i have no idea where the funding from dakota is coming from <laughs> they put all their money in sports it must be all these insurance payouts from their regular destructive of infrastructure um <laughs> But Alpha, Alpha is definitely a philanthropist. That's what it is. <laughs> He's he, rebuilding Dakota little by little. That's where he hides all his money, all those mm-hmm. contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Richie attempts to use the nitrogen bombs again, but they're completely ineffective. They just, the, the nitrogen can't contain this new, more powerful Aquamaria. And they're like, wish we had Aquaman <laughs> around. <laughs> but um they don't have him, so they have to figure out where could Aquamaria go? She wants to heal herself. And because Gear, in addition to being an asshole, is also dumb this week. Um, <laughs> as I as I put it in my notes, dumb and sprung this week. Um, <laughs> dumb and sprung. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> static weeks together. Anywhere Aquamaria wants to go is gonna need vast amounts of electricity, and he figures out the location. And heads towards there as we see Aquamaria prepare for her next experiment. So Aquamaria is back in the tube. She's brought all the doctors over. Uh, Francis is, you know, he's, he's upset about just, again, he likes to be in charge. But, you know, it doesn't matter now because Aquamaria is in the tube. She's having all the doctors do the work. And as they start the process, they realize that the every nothing is happening there's no effect the the serum that they try to use the chemical is going through the the lines connected to her tube however the um they were trying to electrocute her to lower her natural her body's natural defense responses so that the serum could be able to use properly however nothing's happening and this 
is when Francis, you know, he starts making off his his offhand comments and he mentions that maybe it's another cable got burned, which shows now that he is definitely not the smartest person in the room because legit every single doctor turns around and asks him, how does he know that a cable was burnt? He tries to defend it by saying that like, oh, sometimes probably he heard in the report on the news and then that's when the doctor say, no, no, we never shared that report at all. And now everybody has pieced together that Francis was present during the first experiment and that he was responsible for the cable that got burnt. Aquamaria busts out of her own tube. And this is when she starts attacking Francis, telling him to tell her the truth, because it's clear now that he's the one that's responsible for her current state of being so completely unstable. Yeah, and now that the experiment's been ineffective, she's angry at Francis. She is ready to kill everyone in that room, do some drowning. Francis can't do anything against her, which, I mean, he should have known this was coming a long time ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, Static gets there in time with gear um, and unlocks the big garage door that is holding them inside and though gear wants to pursue aquamaria static reminds gear that there are civilians to save yo gear (laughs) what what is with you today um (laughs) so they save the civilians in a funny moment gear does drop francis on the floor in this dirty sewer water and the scientists reveal a vial And they put together that they needed to electrify the cure. That was the problem the entire time. So Mm -hmm. Static electrifies the cure and has to stop Aquamaria before she gets to a lake and basically becomes so strong, even Jason Momoa's Aquaman couldn't do anything. Yeah, and this is a high-intensity scene because as they are traveling around, they realize that the only way to stop her from getting anywhere near a body of water to either destroy the city or apparently destroy the planet, uh, Gear hacks uses backpack to hack into the sewer system to close off every single pipeline. I'm pretty sure that caused many things to back up in people's homes. So now... This is when Aquamaria is totally pissed. She decides to either way go ahead and attack the city. She is sending water out from the manhole covers, um, causing people to get trapped in the water and very quickly drowns the city of Dakota. And, you know, as we know, Static's powers are all based off of electricity and based off our little Romeo episode, we know that if he gets hit by a certain amount of water, that's it. He shorts out faster than the light bulb in in the Atlantic Ocean. Yep, and it happens. <laughs> yep, <laughs> almost really no... immediately too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he's he's shorted out, so his powers are useless. But luckily, since he's been spending so much time around sports stars, he learned how to throw, and is able to throw the cure right into the mouth of Aquamaria. I wondered if it mattered where he threw it at all like since she was all mm-hmm. the water like if he could have just dropped it and it would have been just as effective. yeah right <laughs> but you know you need a dramatic ending so it it works immediately it converts aqua aqua maria thankfully 
because of the way Richie's acting in this episode. Thankfully, Aquamaria turns back with a full bathing suit. Um, mm-hmm. And Static, he's like, yo, I'm getting a wetsuit after this because th- this is just bonkers. <laughs> um, and Aquamaria, we see her in the, in the proper stasis chamber in the next scene. And the most confident doctor in the world is like, hmm, we got this. Yeah, she goes through a couple of the doses of the cure. And uh, apparently we see the last one now as she's back. Um, the Dr. Todd, he walks away and he said, and now Static and Gear are just talking amongst themselves. Unfortunately for Static, though, uh, he does seem to be a lot like Point Man in our previous <laughs> set of episodes as there's some water in his ear. So he's tapping his ear and we see that apparently he's unlocked a new skill as after the water drops out of his ear, it is so electrified that it sends a shock to shock Gear's butt. Sure. So that is how our episodes end there. (laughs) So if you had to get, if you had to rate your episodes, which one's your best episode and which one would you say basically made you fall into the depths of the ocean like Sonic? <laughs> Just drowning. <laughs> Take it out. Um, you know, these are two very light, very fun premise episodes. Um, so it just comes down to who falls apart more when you think about it too hard. And I think Wet and Wild comes out just ahead. Just in a little little couple waves because, yeah, Wet and Wild is not a watertight <laughs> story, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but they do try to do something very emotional with Aquamaria. They gave her a legitimate arc. Her spiral makes a lot of sense. She's very sympathetic in the fact that she hasn't done a lot of crime before. I do wish. Both these episodes have problems, but here with development, and I really do wish we would have gotten more of the Francis Hospital Aqua Maria mm-hmm. connection. So we could have had a, something a little bit more emotional for him too than just him selfishly sabotaging the experiment for, you know, his own sake. So I wish they kind of blended a little bit more of that in. And I think it would have been a much stronger story if they had, but. And, you know, Richie being an asshole is just, again, I don't know why they do this sometimes, <laughs> but it felt really random and uh, unnecessary. But overall, I do I do think it was a stronger emotional arc. And with Linked, um, a lot of great, interesting ideas with Dulé and um, sports and cheating and all that. But I, as you said at the top, there is so much backstory and exposition with these characters. Um, with I didn't really understand why we had to mention Robert being a football player, but also Sharon counseling this dude. I feel like one would have been enough. And yeah, I don't, I feel like we get rushed to the end of it very quickly where Dulé has this hero moment. Um, but it didn't really feel that earned. I don't, I didn't really believe that he was capable of taking down chain link with his limited experience. There was, if he had a different skill set, maybe 
with that something you could do with the arms that was different. Maybe you could shoot one off or I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah, it felt like there were a lot of good ideas, but uh, it just didn't come together quite as well as I think they wanted it to. And another sports episode. Damn it. Like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you on these? Yeah, I am in total agreement. I think that um, Linked, unfortunately, just fell a bit short. They are both fun episodes, but Linked just fell a bit short um, because of that same thing. Like, I think that Dulé was a good character, but his story wasn't written as strongly. And more importantly, um, you know, like, I'll even admit it. The whole Candide scenario was so unnecessary to the plot of Wet and Wild. (laughs) But even at the end of it, it still it still was a part of a great episode, in my opinion, um, especially because Aquamaria really is a compelling character when you really think about it, because she again, like you were mentioning, she isn't a, someone who's typically out there like Pothanonix or Francis or Ebon. They're not every day causing drama. She's just someone who's just trying to get ahead. It's a lot like almost like the Nightbreed. Um, but something that was really important that I saw was that as Aquamaria became more unstable in terms of her like physical presence, you saw that she probably became a little bit more emotionally unwell from her frustrations too. And it kind of ties back to what we're talking about with the, the big bang and how the bang baby gas has affected the mental state for some of these characters. And granted, she is right to feel their frustrations, but we saw, I feel like there are moments in which rational thinking kind of took a bit of a sidestep in some in some of her thoughts so and that was like mainly when she started becoming more and more one with the water that she was connected to to the point where she was ready to drown Dakota and and everything so wet and wild definitely is the better episode in my opinion especially because it is it did include this one thing about the cure like this is something that we have been working towards for seasons now. Like we saw the closest was probably with um with Ed- Edwin Alva Jr., where he was able to revert back to his his own state after the whole omniferious scenario. So seeing that we have something in the hands of the community that could help them like solve the scenario for so many individuals after it was a topic of conversation for the night breed after back in season one, we had destruct the, the guy who um, was the, basically the living ball of energy that got um, turned by, by Ebon because he tricked him into saying that like, you know, nobody really wants to help you. I'm the only person that's going to help you out because no one's going to be want to take care of this monster. Now we have an actual thing that somebody can use to help people. And that's this cure is going to be changing the lives of so many people. So um, Wet and Wild introduced so much, but I feel like the story uh, ebbed and flowed a lot better than linked. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those were our two episodes and as promised, we do have a comic book character that we were going to do a bit of a deep dive on, and that is Aquamaria. She is an original milestone creation, y'all. That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. So Aquamaria was created by 
uh crisscross not the not the the rap duo there is <laughs> there is a writer and comic book writer and artist by the name of crisscross he's actually doing a lot of work right now on the current milestone returns um story arcs so crisscross and ivan velez jr they first introduced aquamaria's character back in blood syndicate number six much like the other characters in blood syndicate she is a member of a gang as well so Aquamaria is a former gang member. She was a part of the Sociedad de la Cruz gang or Society of the Cross gang. So she was present during the Big Bang gang um, battle that happened uh, during the uh, during the all the events that led to everybody becoming a bang baby. But much like what happened with Dulé, what happened to Troy, what happened to um, Charles Bell with tar- as becoming Tarmac, she jumped into the nearest thing that she could find, which was a body of water. And because of the fact that she was still infected by the gas, she her body changed to adopt the properties of that water, giving her her aquatic-like abilities. Um, so now she's just like in the show. She's in this perpetual liquid state. And as she tries to head on home, unfortunately, her aunt kicks her out of the house because she does not want a freak living amongst her. So the only thing that she can do is go back to the same body of water where she transformed. And unfortunately, her English wasn't strong and her insecurity about it being weak led her to stay silent even when she was trying to reach out for help from other people. So no one really even knew that this, that Aquamaria, who was also named Maria, was just living in struggle and torment in the water in this way she does come up though during the prior to the events of shadow war um in order to help the blood syndicate gang the the group of like anti-heroes in the blood syndicate series to um to help save them because at that moment she overhears two groups, the Shadow Cabinet and the Star Chamber. These were groups of like heroes and anti-heroes and some villains that were that felt like the Blood Syndicate, even though they were doing the right thing, they felt like they were um they were doing the right things in wrong ways. And Shadow, Shadow Cabinet had people like um Icon and Star Chamber had people like Rocket. So you know that they have their own mentality of what's right and wrong from their own perspective. Aquamaria overheard this plan to take out the Blood Syndicate, who she saw again was doing such already great work and had earned her respect. So when the Shadow Cabinet and Star Chamber decided to attack the Blood Syndicate, she produced a giant wave that took them out and gave Blood Syndicate a chance to um to just win that day. So this is when she decides to meet with the leader of the Blessed Nikit, whose name is Wise Son, and along with um, just being able to connect with her and really talk with her about what she was experiencing, what she was going through, they decided to offer her a spot on the Blessed Syndicate. And since then, she's been on the team ever since, um, until the point when Milestone, unfortunately, stopped making comics uh, about the about 97, 98. Damn, she has a rich history. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing I love about this is like her her version in the comics is very similar to her television counterpart. Um, you know, she's just another kid caught up in a bad situation. And her comic story actually shows a lot of how she likes to help out her friends, um, which does kind of translate here in the show as well, because 
the fact that she decided to take the cure is very much something she probably would have done if if it happened if it was something that was offered to her in the comics as well so and even just the skill set her being able to be to create the tsunamis and everything it just was basically pulled from the pages of the comic put and put in the show given life given voice and I think they did such a great job with Aquamaria's character in this show, even though we only got basically two episodes of her. But in this Wet and Wild episode, she really shows how much she is, much like her count- comma counterpart. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you definitely got a good sense of who she was, what she was about. And it made sense that she wanted to take the cure. Like, she's one of those people whose powers absolutely suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um living with them full time you know she just wants to be solid very sandman-esque uh or maybe more close to hydro man in that case but um yeah i got it i got like she said she had an edge but she wanted to be something better and i think that was a cool cool thing to explore and make her memorable yeah and those that's really why i'm very excited that we have these milestone comics coming back out because it does give this different point of view um especially with blood syndicate coming out in may of 2022 um i'm not sure yet there are plans to bring her into that series but i would be shocked if they didn't just because she um she's one of the few uh, Latina characters in the in the series as far as I can remember but she or at least like someone who is present and has lines and dialogue and is able to really manipulate the story the way that she did not only in the original comics but also in this episode so very much looking forward to hopefully her return because they are planning on bringing back every single one of them um, you know and just in time too because we're coming up to the last episodes of Static Shock it's hard to believe it's been such a such a long journey through all these and you know now it's after all the the 99 percent of germs and shocking scenes of destruction and <laughs> my boy Shaq it's it's hard to believe that hey don't forget hard. Carmen Dillo he, Carmen you know, he Dillo. did this thing never forget but yeah so we got our last two episodes the finale of Static Shock coming up in our next episode and this is going to be a wild one because we're going to have so many reveals we're going to see the trajectory of the show we're going to explain why these are the last episodes of static shock um and you know as we before but until we talk about them you know just again just watch these shows watch them a couple more times really enjoy them listen to the messages that they've been trying to put in these 52 total episodes that they produced but until that episode comes, take care of yourselves and remember that don't be like don't be like Dulé Jones. Don't lie to your counselors about not gang banging. Like if you're doing it, make don't just make good, be good. Well said, well said. And if your record executive decides to take you to Dakota for a record signing, do like candy and leave the episode and never come back. <laughs> <You> quickly. <laughs> Don't lose your money. (laughs) 